In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on Net, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolig, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project without her snuggie, Maureen Wood. <laughs> How you doing? Good. So? Without her snuggie. Without your snuggie. That's and right. we are working our little fingers to our bones on our new book, which is Ghosts. We don't even have a title for this damn We thing, don't even have a title. Ghosts today. We have a contract, though. That's all that matters. <laughs> I know. 360 ghost stories from the United States and around the Whatever. I might just give them only 360 to see if they're uh, awake. You think they'll pay attention? From around, uh, from America and around the world, and tell you what, uh, there's a lot of freaky stories out there. I have never believed how freaky the freaky stories are. No, they they are, you know, as I've been saying for the last month, it's just too bad that we hadn't had more time because it is enjoyable kind of reading through these things. It's just well, that well, you can't well, spend well. that long, you know, reading them. Yeah, yeah. You know, you like to research, and guess you can research for the rest of your life, right? Well, we have been. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I have to, uh, also have to announce that, uh, once again, Saturday is movie night. The first oh, movie God. night at the uh, Circles of Wisdom. And uh, I will be hosting... I'm kind of honored because they're kicking us off, and they chose me as the host. Woohoo! I guess. Wow! Yeah, that's for the, uh, for the uh, movie uh, Obs, lifting the veil or something. And uh, something, yeah. So it's it's going to be kind of neat. I haven't it's seen fun. it, and we want you to come down here. I mean, at, at uh, on Tuesday, I guess uh, it was pretty well. I think about half or so sold out, and I think it's they sold a bunch more. So I know there's a few tickets left, anyways, and it's five bucks, which is like wicked cheap. Because uh, my wife doesn't get me for five bucks, and you get me for two hours. So, oh, hey, 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 hey. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that's gonna be kind of cool, and I, I'm really interested. And bring your photos in because we want to we want to see uh, you know what you got and, and what you think, and and come with an open mind because I am, believe it or not. So it's gonna be interesting. I, I very. Uh-huh. And then, uh, of course, in February we have uh, the the. The new paranormal discussion group, which will be kind of cool. I'm going to meet once a month at Circles of Wisdom, and uh, this will be a, a monthly thing. I mean, you know, we're going to cover such topics as EVPs, how to collect them, how to share them, and everything else. And, and we, this is open. Like, we don't want it just to like people who don't know what they're doing. We are newbies. We want 
seasoned veterans too. We want to, you know, share our information and bring your uh, EBTs, bring your pictures. You know what? This works for you. It doesn't work. It's, it's going to be good. We, we, you know, it's going to make everybody better, which is what we're here for. And anyways, um, and then of course next month also we have the ghost hunt at the vault, which is uh, really really interesting because. Um, it's never been investigated before. For one, it's an old bank. Uh, we will be doing, there's also tunnels and stuff underneath the, uh, uh, the bank, uh, which is now a church, by the way, and that we're going to investigate. There's vaults. We're going to be locked in the vault and do VVD work there and so forth. Uh, we also uh, have some of the safety deposit boxes, which we are going to do telekinesis. And... Uh, uh, telekinesis? Yeah, whatever it is. I don't know. What is it? Telekinesis? Telekinesis. Never mind. That was just easy. Anyway. What was it? Talking about doing what? Telekinesis? You're trying to communicate to somebody through your mind? Or are you doing psychometry? Psychometry. Okay, that's totally different. <laughs> Why? Why? Because psychometry is holding an object or tapping into the energy of an object. Telekinesis is something totally different. Whatever. Anyway, let's continue on. Oh, okay. What? Never mind. No, I mean, I just like, well, you know, I think it's kind of cool because, uh, to tell you the truth, I mean, this is metal, and metal retains uh, a lot so, of energy. Right, so psychometry. So, so it's been kind of cool. I mean, because cool. these are safety deposit books, boxes, other than maybe uh, something from a crypt. I would think that this would hold a great deal of energy because these are things that mean something to important to people, important to people, people important, whatever. Uh, so, I mean, and I think it's it'd be really, really cool to see what we get out of it. And and it's going to be an experiment too. It's not like you're going to sit there and yell out what you're fine. You're actually going to write this down, and we're going to have different people do it, and we're going to compare. So uh-huh. it's it's kind of cool. So I mean, and they'll be the regular investigating too. You know. Uh, Doing all the EMF work and uh, EVP stuff and all that other stuff, too. So, anyway, that's what uh, I have coming up in the next uh, month or so. So, anyway, uh, let's bring on our guest. Uh, Jeremy, are you there? I am here. Hey, How are Jeremy. you today? Hi, Ron. Maureen? Is that yeah. Maureen there, too? I just I just got on, so I haven't heard what's, what's no, going well, on. You didn't, you didn't miss here. much, you know. You know. Okay. Ron was just rattling away, so, yeah. Oh, of course. Well, I figured that. Exactly. Uh, excuse me? You can hardly get a word in edgewise. How are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, <kidding>. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's funny because Jeremy is also working on a book, and our, our books kind of uh, coincide in, in a little bit that they they cross the paths, cross the book. Dovetail, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Cool. Uh, right, because, I mean, we are talking about ghost stories all over... Uh, the world, and actually Jeremy is doing yours in just what, Maine? Yeah, I'm, uh, right, I'm just finishing up a book on uh, shipwrecks of the Maine coast. Which is excellent. You have actually given me a couple neat ones from my book. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, a couple of, couple of ghost or phantom ships that figure in there. I know, and, and I actually find out this is pretty, pretty, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Common. That works, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in a lot of countries, a lot of different uh, cultures, there's a, a lot of different. So, I mean, uh, of course, I, I think probably the most famous would be the Flying Dutchman. Right. 
Yeah, but uh, but there and a lot off our New England coast, in fact. Yep, there's a, a couple of pretty prominent ones on the main coast. Probably the most famous ghost ship that I know of, the, the most famous ghost ship legend or story of New England is the the Palatine in Rhode Island, uh, Block Island. Really? Um, <clears throat> and I was what just... What's the Palatine? Well, it's, uh, it was made famous by a uh, poem by Whittier, a great poet. Oh, yeah. In the 19th yeah. century. And uh, yeah, I used to drink The Wreck of the Palatine is the name of the poem. And uh, according to his version of the poem, I mean of the story, you know, and it's told in his poem, uh, he said that basically this ship, the story actually happened, it actually, this wreck actually happened in 1738. And according to Whittier's version, this ship, which was carrying German immigrants, was wrecked at Block Island, and it was actually, uh, it was a wreck that was caused by the, some of the people of Block Island. Who, the moon curses. Moon cussers, as they called them, right? Yeah, wherever. <laughs> Who had lowered, you were close, yeah. They had lowered their ship ashore by, with false lights. You know, they think there were signal lights, and they'd follow these lights and, and be driven on, you know, go right up on the rocks. And they say that, according to his version, some of the people on the ship may have actually been murdered and then there was looted, uh, et cetera. Um, the people on Block Island, on the other hand, the tradition is that the, the ship was wrecked there through no fault of anybody on the island that the, and that the people actually saved a lot of the passengers and took them in and helped them. So I don't know what the truth is, maybe somewhere in between. I don't know. You know, I, I find that when when you do research on the internet, uh, especially, that you can find a lot of discrepancies. Oh yeah. And uh, sometimes inadvertently, and sometimes uh, you know, people just copy the same thing and, and reprinted and reprinted. But I'm, right. I mean, I, I know one particular case that I was working on, and they had the son's name is Donald, and half the reports, and right. the other one was. Uh, Douglas, and then uh, one of them, they said the son killed himself first, and then the next one, they said the father killed himself first. So there's a gray line. I mean, you, you really don't know who to believe at times. And you can go to newspapers, you know, newspaper articles, mm -hmm. and even they're wrong, which is sure. amazing. Even eyewitness accounts sometimes won't, eyewitness won't match. Eyewitness right. Um, so it'll drive you crazy uh, if anything, anybody who's done any kind of research on history, especially local history, you know, you find that... It's really hard to figure out exactly what really happened, and sometimes you really can't know. You just have to do the best you can and, you know, say, according to this source, this happened, according to this source, this happened, et cetera. Yeah, well, with 200 words, we can't say too much according to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that's like uh, three words right there. <laughs> yeah. At least yeah. the way I spell. <laughs> but anyways, um, the, the, the thing, that that's true, and... and it, it, my pet peeve, probably my biggest pet peeve, and, and I'm trying to be careful when I do in this book, is that people will copy stuff off the Internet and put it in a book. Yeah. And then what you have is false information that people believe is true. Right. Um, I've learned something from experience. You know, I have a website about New England Lighthouses. Now, what is that? Uh, what's the name of that one? Well, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't trying to get a commercial in there, but yeah, but you I, ask. That's good. You're good. It's uh, www.lighthouse.cc. The letters CC. Lighthouse.cc. I also have a couple others, but we we'll, maybe maybe I'll squeeze those in somewhere. But anyway, um, what I was going to say is, you know, I have history of every lighthouse in New England uh, on there, and you know, uh, like I'm human, so I, I've made mistakes. You know, I mean, we all try to do the best we can and make things as accurate as we can. 
well, we all make mistakes. And I find that people have, you know, copied my histories and put them all over the place. You know, and then right. when I go to, I can correct an error on my own site, but I can't go all over the internet and correct all the people who've copied it. Yeah. So, you know, you copy material at your own risk. But, um, yeah. like you said, it gets copied over and over again. And if it gets repeated enough times, it becomes truth, it seems like. That that happens a lot. Things just get repeated over and over, you know, even if they're right. not true. So. But but then again, what is truth? I mean, history is written in the eyes of the winner, right? That's true. That's very true. I remember a history professor I interviewed once said something like, um, folklore is history as it's remembered by the people. Oh. Um, so, and, you know, sometimes it's hard to draw the line between folklore and history. Yeah, and that's actually a good way of looking at it, though. You know, or a good way of um, explaining it, because a lot of times, you know, I don't know how many times, you know, we've gone out there and done the research and everything is, you know, rumor has it, legend has it, Mm -hmm. um, and that's all you see, you know, and you're digging for the information and you're really not getting, like you said, it's all repetitive. Um, I I will say, however, you know, I'd like to find out more information and stories that you're doing in the book, but I'll tell you, last night I ran across something on the site and um, on the internet, which is very interesting, mm-hmm. and it was actually was my name mentioned. Not at all. Hopefully uh. not, because what it was is there had been a book that was written, and it was also someone that had pretty much taken the information out of a book, put it on the website, and the person who owned the mill sued both of them. Owned the mill. There was a mill that they had said was haunted. Well, right? you know, you should like introduce. Well, that all right. My you... apologies, but yeah. anyway, they they sued the person. Who this mill, and this was in April of 2009, actually sued sued in $125,000 settlement because she said that she had to get a fence, she had to get a dog, she had to get all these things because people started coming and trying to do paranormal research and ghost investigating Mm -hmm. at her mill. How could she win that? I don't know. She won. But what killed me... How could she prove that it's not haunted? No kidding. What, because she said that they slandered would... her name by saying it was haunted. Now, to me, I'm thinking, foolish woman, because she probably could have actually done investigations there for people if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Interesting but, thing. But I, yeah. I, would li- I would definitely appeal that, there's no doubt in my mind, because uh, it, it's, you know, I mean, you have to prove that it's not haunted. I mean, that's, that's the deal. You know what I'm saying? It's, if they say it's haunted, you have to prove that it isn't. Yeah. If you're saying that they're not correct. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? In order to prove it's not haunted, you have to prove that hauntings don't exist. Therefore, you have to admit that hauntings do exist to was, prove they don't exist. It was actually in Miami, I want to say Florida. Uh, website they have mills in Florida? Over 125000 for haunted mill coins. I actually, I just happened to be sitting at my computer here, and I actually just did a Google search, and I immediately found some information on it. I yeah. love Google, don't you? Yeah, it's you actually know, Ohio. Big don't have it. It, was, it says oh, the owner of Ohio's oldest standing grist mill is one hundred twenty-five thousand in a lawsuit against a website operator who claimed the par- property was haunted. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, to me it's kind of strange because it was. I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, you're saying that you might hear information, or whatever. Like, and I believe if you read through it, it says that the person put the website information, had actually gotten some information from the book as well. Mm-hmm. And the, But the person who wrote the book, they had to take it out of the next printing of it, but they haven't been as of yet. They haven't lost any money yet. Uh-huh. 
the website, the offending website, is called ForgottenOhio.com. Uh, should we mention that on the air? Well, I actually just, well, it doesn't matter anyway, because I actually just tried to go to it, and it doesn't exist anymore. There you <laughs> go. No big they, they cut it right down. Really? Yeah. Which, you know, to me, that kind of gave me, here I am thinking, great, we're putting the book out, you got 365 stories, <laughs> mm-hmm. and now we're like mm-hmm. a month away, and I'm thinking, crap. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's leap year, leap, way. Leap, year, leap, leap year, whatever. Well, to some degree, you always got to be careful what you say, but I think if you say it in the right way, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, if you, you know... If you're not sure that something you're saying is fact, you can kind of say that or say that according to so-and-so or according to legend or whatever. We actually, you know, what's really funny is we actually had uh, uh, someone come and bitch about our book. Uh, we had wrote something in the book, and, uh, and evidently uh, somebody told this person uh, what we wrote in the book, and she never actually read the book because if she did, she would have realized... That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And so we got all these nasty emails saying, no, we used their pictures, we uh, slandered them, and all this other stuff, and none of that stuff was in the book. So, I mean, you know, that, I think that's even funnier. Here we have, uh, the proof is there, it's in black and white, <laughs> but no, they're going to listen to someone who probably doesn't read the book anyway. Probably can't read, that. maybe that's their problem, I don't know. Anyway, we're going down a really bad road. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, actually, Jerry, Jerry, I'm saying a lot, actually a lot tonight. Actually, I know. You know, it's that uh, interesting. But anyways, uh, Jeremy and myself uh, have a, a few events. We're going to do them because uh, we're trying to raise some money for the um, whatever. The, uh, <laughs> Horse Macabre Lighthouse. Friends You're on the board of directors, so you should know that. Oh, yes, I'm on the board of directors. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, uh, For the uh, friends of... Are you rethinking uh, things now, Jeremy? <laughs> friends of uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse. And and that includes a cruise, which we'll be doing, which is kind of neat. I mean, it's going to be a three-hour cruise. I mean, it's in July, so you have time. But it, it, I'm really looking forward to it because it's going to be uh, three hours. going to go out Sunset to, cruise. Sunset cruise out to the ocean. And, yeah, around you know, the Isles of Shoals, which just, have just, all kinds of ghost stories. Right. Just remember, you know, Gilligan's Island. Uh, oh, my God. Right. I was huh? going to say, uh, three-hour tour. <laughs> See? So, anyway. Oh, my God. Now I'm scared, Ron. You should be scared. Holy God. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that, that's that's going uh, um, in uh, July, I believe, July. July 31st. Yes. And actually, the tickets are already on sale. Uh, really? Strangely enough, even though it's uh, how many months ahead is that? Wow, you're you're good. I, I, in fact, months. I think there's a link on my website, and it's it's connected to wherever you. Yeah, have it. I have it for sale on NewEnglandLighthouseTours.com. Ah, they so you get another website. Yeah, I got, yeah, somehow I managed to get good a mention job. of my other. And, and we will be doing some other events too at at mm-hmm. Portsmouth Lighthouse, some ghost-related events because the last one was so successful. We yeah, they have been very successful, yeah. and um, so this coming season the dates will be announced soon. But uh, uh, let me see what I if I remember right. We're going to do uh, another nighttime ghost hunt with, where the public is invited to take yeah. part in the, in the investigation. We're also planning to do something new where we're going to, I think we're planning three of them, is that right? We're going to have Correct. nighttime um, tours, not, tour. not really full investigations, but uh, but guided tours will where we'll really focus on the ghost stories right, right. of the lighthouse and fort. And those will be fairly cheap, I think, too. So. They'll be less expensive than the yeah. full investigation. Full investigation, which you have hands on. Now, Jeremy, how have you been able to actually uh, come up and get a plaque together for McDaniels over the fort? 
Um, not yet, but actually I'm meeting with um, the gentleman who is the uh, historian for New Hampshire State Parks. No offense, guys. You, you shouldn't, like, just throw that shit out there. I mean, definitely you should introduce it. Oh, yes. No, throw I mean, a plaque out there for the Daniels at the fort. I'll be quiet. I haven't had chance to We're on the air. Are you allowed to use words like that on the air, Ron? Pardon me? Are you allowed to use words like the one you just used on the I air? I know. Jeremy? Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> no, never mind. I don't think you even know what I you know. said. But, um, actually, um, yeah, there is a spirit that is McDaniels that is over the fort. That, we're talking about Fort Constellation, Queen Mary, or whatever it is? <laughs> we're talking about Fort Constitution. Right. Which right. was previously known as Fort William and Mary. See? And, and we're talking... Uh, so, yeah. basically, maybe you can tell the story a little bit, Jeremy, so that our listeners know. Sure. Well, uh... The quick version is that in, on July 4th, 1809, there was a uh, big accidental explosion at, at Fort Constitution, which had just been rebuilt. The fort was pretty new. They were having a Fourth of July celebration, and they had some ammunition and stuff laid out on the ground to dry the sun, and somehow it ignited. There was a huge explosion. There were a lot of civilians there. Um, ten people died as a result of this. Seven of them died instantly. Uh, a few others were, were injured, and there was a lot of damage. And um, there have been, ever since then, there have been reports, especially from, like, the Coast Guard, who are, the, are on the neighboring property all night, all the time, uh, supposedly seeing shadowy figures and that sort of thing on the grounds. Um, and this has uh, come into play a couple of times when we've had investigations there. And Maureen uh, and Ron <laughs> know this very well. Um, but we... Uh, the last time we were there with the, the public and had that, that public uh, investigation, Maureen, you, you, for the second time, made contact with uh, apparently this private McDaniel, who was one of the ones who died in the explosion. I don't know if you want to say anything more about that. Um, yeah, actually, you know, to me it was a little bit of a learning lesson, too, because I, I believe the first time that we picked up on him, it was very emotional. Um, you know, mm-hmm. feeling, you know, he was feeling so much guilt, and I guess he felt responsible for what had taken place, and, you know, it was very heart-wrenching. And then the second time, um, was this, the most recent that we had been in contact with him, it wasn't feeling that way. I mean, to me, it was as if he was starting to heal a little bit. Mm. Because, you know, I remember you asking me, you know, geez, how come the first time you were so distraught, and this time, you know, you kind of were speaking more, and it wasn't as, you know, emotional. And, mm-hmm. and it made me think, and I was like, wow, you know, you're right, because I could feel the difference in his energy, even though he wasn't ready, because I think you even said, you know, was he ready to move on, and he wasn't. He didn't want to move on until he knew that everybody would be remembered. Uh-huh. And he had said something about he wanted something, in his, you know, like a memory, and you said, well, you know, so then you basically said something that you were working on, like getting a plaque as a, to memorize that. Right. And you said that you felt he would, he would be able to leave once... That's once the plaque is there. Right. Um, yeah, I'm meeting. I'm just looking at my appointment book, and I'm meeting next Tuesday with, uh, with Ben wow, Wilson as a state park. Wow, huh? Yeah. And we're going to look at all the signage and the, and yeah. the, uh, the fort and everything and talk about the plaque. So um, I certainly hope that's going to happen by, say, this July 4th, you know, if not sooner. Um, it'd be nice to have a dedication of it on the 4th of July. Yeah, that would be very You know what would be kind of cool is, like, get a bunch of firecrackers and send them off at the same as the explosion? I don't know about that. You know, you, Ron, you just want to, like, push people's buttons. You know what I'm saying? And that's not nice. What, what, what do you mean? I, I just thought it would, would be a good tribute. The poor spirit tribute. The poor spirit is trying to I heal get a bang what out happened. Of it. Uh, 
Well, you, you know, can light off your firecrackers in your own home. Exactly. But. Wow. What happened to Land of the Free? Guess not in New Hampshire. <laughs> God. You think it's easy, huh, Jeremy? I'm sitting in the same room with them, you know what I mean? It's so easy just to, like, scream at them. But anyway, I'll be nice. Yeah, he's a wise guy. We all know. I know. Deep down somewhere. <laughs> Don't anyway, me. so I hope I have some news about that soon. Okay, yes, right, we we did digress. Uh, I thought we were talking about the Palantine. Did we finish that? <laughs> we were. In fact, I have I have Whittier's poem in front of me, which I think is great. And I was going to uh, quote a, a, my favorite lines from the poem. And once again, Palatine is the ship that ran aground off of The ship that was wrecked at Block Island, Block Island. And according to legend, it was lured ashore, and the, the and like 300 people died, and the, the ship was looted. And they say that it reappears uh, off, you know, people on Block Island see it offshore as a, like a flaming ship on the horizon from time to time. Supposedly a lot of people have seen it. And uh, people, if you do a search, like you know, do a Google search for uh, Whittier Palatine, P-A-L-A-T-I-N-E, you'll find the poem and a lot of information about it. But it's a very dramatic poem. I think my favorite part is, Behold, again, with shimmer and shine, over the rocks and the seething brine, the flaming wreck of the Palatine. I think that's pretty good. I think you stole that from my book. <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't think so. <laughs> no. I kind of write that way, don't I? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, another thing, uh, I was talking to Jer Jeremy uh, uh, a little early in the day, and we were talking about one of the lighthouses, uh, and I believe, which one was that one? The uh, one with the museum. Uh, Portland Head. Portland Head Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had a kind of unique little story there, which I thought was interesting. Uh-oh, I'm trying to think of what story you're, you're uh, referring to. There's a lot of stories this there. This would be but... the one about the dog, just to give you a hint. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly a ghost story, but it's it's, it's almost a, sort of a phenomenon type of story. Ghost? I don't believe I did. What's that? No, you didn't say it was. No, it's in the broad spectrum of sort of paranormal or whatever. Anyway, the the story goes that one of this was uh, probably 1920s or 30s. Forget the date, but um, one of the keepers there, his name was Robert Sterling. He wrote actually went on to write a great book about Maine lighthouses. And the story is that his wife liked to sit in her favorite chair by this window and do her knitting. And one day she was just about to sit down there, and the, their dog was barking at her like crazy to keep her, like he was keeping her away from that, that chair. He didn't want her to sit in that chair. So she said, okay, fine, and went to sit somewhere else. And just as she did that, a huge wave, like a rogue wave, smashed through the window, and glass and all kinds of debris was all over the chair, and she would have been badly hurt if she had sat down there. So Coincidence? I think not. Right. Yeah. Very sensitive. And uh, I was I was in the I had to go there today to copy some photos at the museum at Portland Head Lighthouse, and I was told that the, a wave crashed through that same window just a few weeks ago in late big storm in late December. Uh, the actually two windows were were broken through, wow. a lot of damage was done. So uh, you know we're still at the mercy of the, <laughs> of the seas at these places. Well, I mean, we're certainly at the mercy of Mother Nature, no doubt about it. Just look at yeah. uh, Haiti today, and that exactly. sums it all up. Absolutely. Yeah. But in, in, interesting, that that's the uh, lighthouse with the museum. We, uh, we went with David Wells, I believe, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and we I, we had a very uh, unique experience there as well. I, I thought that was uh, quite interesting. Yeah. Well, I think what Maureen, what you experienced, Maureen, was as interesting as anything that happened there. Well, I thought what I experienced pretty interesting what happened then why don't too. you tell us Ron. but fine Maureen let's hear about you <laughs> what did you experience Ron I don't remember never mind no I want to hear Ron no I want to hear talk about it <laughs> moving right along retro great now come on what did you experience Ron come on. I, I experienced Maureen and don't be that way no it, it was actually interesting because um, it, we were in the main part of the museum and David was there and and uh, the young lady across me, and uh, <laughs> and I uh, began, and I think Gavin was oh, there, too, right? Oh, you had my pendulum, didn't you? I had my own pendulum. I don't need your Oh, you had a pendulum. pendulum. Excuse moi. My pendulum. Well, oh, no, I have my baby. own. Baby, can you? You know, I am a person, you Stop know. Stop fighting if and acting. cut me, do I not bleed? Well, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but you just, you're such a pain. So, anyways, uh, we were in the, the 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 lighthouse. You guys were in it. You had made contact, and I went off from this back room by myself. Correct. And um, it's in the house, actually, the keeper's house. Oh, right. thank you for that bit of information. <laughs> well, you said the lighthouse. I don't want people to be confused. <laughs> thank you, Tim. Anyway, and, and I believe Leslie uh, came in there as well. But, anyways, uh, I went into this back part of the museum slash house, whatever the heck it is. And I had my EMF meter, and my EMF meter went out, went out, went on. And I took out my pendulum, uh, which I don't know if I've ever done that before other than this location. And I had the pendulum in one hand, the EMF meter in the uh, other hand, which drove uh, David Wells nuts, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the pendulum actually took off. I mean, I, I asked questions, but the EMF or F meter and the pendulum actually worked in tandem with each other, which is simply amazing. And then, of course, Maureen came in, and she rocked and rolled, and we rocked and we rolled and made contact with the spirit was there, so that was good. But it, it was really interesting. In fact, someone sent me a, a photograph which shows, uh, while we're doing this, this huge, uh, I don't know, lighty thingy that was, mm-hmm. like, swooping yeah. through. So, interesting. Huh. But it was neat because, uh, that was like I said, the first time that I ever used the pendulum and the EMF meter in conjunction with each other, which was kind of cool. And if I recall, the pendulum was really spinning wildly. It was actually yeah. spinning so much that it was actually, it was level. You're making me say it now. It was going straight out. It wasn't even hanging down. Break, I think. Yeah, sooner or later. I can hear Anyways, we'll be right back with the following messages on Net, Pararex, and Beyond. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on toginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer. Inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginet. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after mail catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginet. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. 
Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms with Jill Hart and Diana Innan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Ennett. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. We're back. We are? I think so. Oh, we are back. You are listening to the Ghost Chronicle. <laughs> Who's I guess. I don't know. and beyond. I am Ron Kolick. She is Maureen Wood. And... On the line with us, maybe? On I am still with... here. <laughs> Good. Actually, actually <laughs> Jeremy? Jeremy, we have to say goodbye to you because we have another guest. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, I didn't yeah. want to be impolite and hang up during the break, so I wasn't sure if... Uh... Yeah, well, we kind of we didn't want to rush you away, but uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on. And, and once again, welcome. your website is cctheLighthouse.com. No, LighthouseCC.com. No, that, no. What is <laughs> you it? Close, I'm sorry. You're closer, Maureen, but it's LighthouseCC. That's all you need. Oh, LighthouseCC. And yeah. also uh, the uh, tour site. Yeah, NewEnglandLighthouseTours.com. Okay, and your new book coming out will be Great Shipwrecks of Maine coming out. I believe in June. Cool. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, stay in touch. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Jeremy. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So, anyways, that was kind of cool, huh? Yeah, it's always great to talk to Jeremy. He's very knowledgeable, too. He's got a lot of... Plus, he's wicked smart, too. He's very smart. Wicked smart. Wicked, wicked. And speaking of wicked smart people, we have another one on the line. No way. Two in a night? Yeah, two in a night. And let's bring on our next Wicked Smart person, and that would be Dorothy. Hello. Hey, Anona. Hi. Now, how is it being said how smart you are? Isn't oh that nice? Oh, my gosh. I'm grinning ear to ear. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to hit you up with something. I got a feeling. Well, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> braver than I. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, Anona, it is the new year, and we want to know what lies ahead for us. You know, because we haven't really done any prediction shows. We were supposed to do some. We that kind of like got fizzled out. Fizzled yeah. out. And it's just the beginning of the year. How sad is that? So, anyways, we, we thought that uh, for those who don't know Anoa. Anona. Dorothy. Uh, her her website is? It's uh, naturalrightscharms.com. And she is an, astro- an astrologer, which yes, is not like an astronaut. It's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of has something to do with space. <laughs> yeah, between the years. Oh, my God. I was just going to say that. All right, enough, Ron. Anona, <laughs> could you please give us the, the uh, future here? <laughs> well, you know, I, I was kind of curious how the book writing was going because we've actually had a Mercury retrograde. Damn, Mercury's always in retrograde. Oh, three times a year. Actually, it's retrograde as much as we sleep, basically. A third of the year it goes retrograde. And that's so things can slow down. It's in the sign of Capricorn. 
And that's because it moves so quickly through signs, every sign, because it's so close to the sun, that when it goes retrograde, the advantage of that is, is we have an extra three to six weeks, usually it's six. It's retrograde for three, but it takes three more weeks to go back to where it started. It's retrograde. And so we have more time to understand, communicate, interpret what um, that energy is. And this time it's Capricorn, and it's about, you know, the structures that we have around us and the structures that we think are steady and firm. And to go along with that, we have an eclipse coming up on the 15th. So it's Friday morning. It's at 2.10. It's a new moon, which is a solar eclipse. We always have at least four every year. Last year we had six. We had one on Christmas Eve which was just um, an amazing way to start a new year. But this one that we're having on January 15th, so the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, everybody's in Capricorn. And so with this eclipse that we have, and this is really going to affect us pretty much for the next three months, it's about us um, shifting and changing and setting new goals. And so um, now is a better time to do a New Year's resolution than it was for January 1st. So if you haven't been able to follow up on your New Year's resolution so far, even though it's only whatever the date is, 30, yeah. <laughs> um, you, can, you can say, okay, never mind, and you can start over again um, by, on Friday the 15th because it will be way better because things are just, the last two weeks, everything is kind of broken down a bit. Sounds like a cancer. So we've got a do-over, right? Yes. Yeah, right. Cool. Well, retrogrades are all about going within anyways, and when we're trying to, you know, do things externally, it makes it really difficult when, especially Mercury's retrograde. And, but it goes direct on, on the, the day of the eclipse. Just a, a this sounds hours. like, to me, like a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. That would be one. Okay. Excuse me? <laughs> I am Pisces. I am no procrastinator. Oh, right. Sure. That's pretty true. <clears throat> I don't buy that one. Sorry. <laughs> it's an excuse. And that works out well with uh, Pisces sometimes, too. Everybody can do that. Uh-huh. And so with that, what we need to look at is, you know, the eclipses, you know, new moons and full moons are always, you know, pretty powerful anyways. And especially a lot of the people who listen to your show that are Wiccan, they do a lot of full moons and new moon rituals. So with this new moon... I got arrested moon, for that once. Uh-oh. We're <laughs> not talking about doing a moon. We're talking oh, about... Oh, <laughs> you got to be thinking his sad thoughts there. I don't oh, no, i got to watch my words even more. See, I know. It's like a child. Thank God you're there, Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Oh, anyways, with eclipses and this new moon, you know, they're just, they're really here to really, to help us pro- to pe- propel us further, faster. And they just move us from one consciousness really to another, really rather quickly. They're, they're very unpredictable. You know, I'll give you, any, you know, information for each sign coming up next about, you know, how you can work with the energies that are going on with the Capricorn. But Good. we also have to keep in mind that eclipses are unpredictable. So if something okay. really comes up, just, you know, you've got you to gotta go with the flow. No I always what. say that. Hmm? Stop fighting the current. I always say that. Go with the flow. Yeah, you have to go with the flow. And then we can also look, everybody can look back to what was going on for them around July 7th, because we had an eclipse then as well, and it's in the same sign. And so what we're looking at is, like, what, what, what are we finishing that we may have started back then or what ended then that has, you know, really been completed now that we can now, you know, a door closes, a new one opens. So we are at that point. So, again, this is why it's really good for us to um, make New Year's resolutions. 
So the things that we focus on with the Capricorn new moon and especially the eclipse is, you know, our future security, our responsibilities, setting goals, recognition for our skills, because Capricorn is about, you know, how we're viewed in the public eye. You know, it's important that, you know, if we've worked hard that people respect what we do. We're looking at authority figures, and um, the number one thing I see most people dealing with is releasing control issues. Really? Think about that. Think about the releasing of the control issues. Uh, Are you talking to me? I'm talking to anybody who wants to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we think we have control. And if, you know, and staying in control, you know, of something can cause an awful lot of arguments because we're being stubborn. Now, I don't know if you're stubborn or not. Pisces usually aren't, but, you know, I don't have your birth. Oh, my God, he is so stubborn. Oh, man, he's got got a a earth sign rising there. No, 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 I'm Polish. (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) all right so shifting and changing our thoughts is really what needs to go on so what i want to do is i want to start with capricorn and i'm going to give you just a couple sentences real quick about how capricorn people um can feel this eclipse and things they can watch for and i'm going to go through all 12 signs and i'll go really fast but if you have a question interrupt me because you're good at that ron (laughs) but i also want people to realize that just because you know, a certain zodiac is your sun sign. So one of the things about astrology is your rising sign is more important when an astrologer does this kind of report. So it depends on what time you were born and what was on the horizon at the time you were born. So when I say Capricorn, I'm going to also say those with Capricorn rising, going to be more accurate for somebody with the rising sign as opposed to the sun sign. Just so that's how this type of astrology works. So if you don't know what time you're born, I will allow anybody who wants um, a copy of their chart, they can just contact me right through my website and just send me their birth information. And I will, um, I will print out, you know, I will make a copy of the chart and email them to, it, to you and let you know what your rising sign is. Wow. It's good to know, especially if you tend to read, you know, sun sign astrology reports on the web. Wherever Everybody does. Everybody. In the newspaper, in the right. magazines. You're going to find that if you rise, well, some people's rising sign is the sun sun sign because they're born at sunrise. But other than that, you know, Ron, you have well, probably, obviously, you're a Pisces, and if you're stubborn, you've got a different sign on the horizon than your sun sign. So, uh, wait, 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 wait. That's not necessarily true because there are influences that can influence uh, the, the traits of a Piscean. That's right, your rising sign. That's one of the things that will influence it. And your moon sign. Exactly. Not the other moon, but your real moon. <laughs> we won't even talk about Uranus. So let's, let's get to this. What's happening for people in, in the forthcoming whatever. Oh, before we do that, yes. what is happening on the next Tuesday, being the big election here in Massachusetts? I have not even looked. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't live in Massachusetts. Oh, see, that's okay, Dorothy. Just continue. All right, go back with your stuff then. Everybody right. wants to hear their signs. <laughs> All right. So for people who are Capricorn, and especially anybody who's born within four days of January 15th, this is a year of big changes. So basically, and anybody who's Capricorn rising as well, this is about learning about yourself and learning how to express yourself. So, um, And you need the freedom to do this. So you could be feeling a restriction in that, or you could be... Um, so feeling, doing so much that you're not considering what anybody else needs in your life. 
And this is one of the things that you really need to pay attention to with this eclipse. So it's all about the self. You know, are you being overly um, self-centered or do you need to pay attention to what you need more? Anybody who's an Aquarius or Aquarius rising, um, this is all about um, the groups, um, who you can serve, how you can serve humanity, any humanitarian um, efforts any of that that's going on in your life, paying attention to that. If you've been too uh, homebound, it's important that you get out and you start meeting new people, start a new group, find something that really piques your interest. These are the things that are most important to, um, to anybody with the Aquarius um, rising sign and Aquarius sun sign. Uh, Pisces, this is about knowing yourself through groups because this happens in the 11th house the eclipse for Pisces people. So this is about, again, gaining self-knowledge through groups, through clubs, through friends. Like for you, Ron, it's about all these people that you know or people who know of you, you know, sending you all this information. So you're gathering all of this information and you're now having to absorb it into yourself to figure out what is it that I want to represent in this book. And so anybody else that's a Pisces, you can use it in whatever um, subject matter is specific to you, but it is all about, again, it's, it's a lot of energy with, as similar with Aquarius, but it's about pulling in friends and pulling in group energy, but finding, you know, your self-knowledge, yourself in that um, type of energy. Uh, people with Aries, people who are Aries or Aries rising, um, this is all about your social status, um, where your your marital status, that could shift and change now. You know, you could get married, you could be getting divorced, uh, breaking up, you know. It's just your social you status. Huh? <laughs> Cancer. No, is that your rising sign? No. Wise guy. <laughs> no, but it's going to be your rising sign. I'm going to scream, kick you in the butt. Go ahead, Dorothy. <laughs> so the rising sign energy, really, it's about your profession, your social status, and, you know, the lens that you want people to see you in the public eye and getting recognition for your achievement. So in a way, it's just like the Capricorn energy. You know, what, you know, what I've done, getting, um, getting recognition for what you do. Uh, with Taurus rising, um, or if you're a Taurus, um, this life, you know, right now, it's about um, higher knowledge. It's, it could be about travel. It could be about foreign cultures. You know, somebody with Taurus rising or who's a Taurus right now might be really interested in what's going on. I mean, we're all interested in what's going on in Haiti, but really interested and really drawn and pulled to go do some service there um, or some other type of foreign travel. Uh, it's all about cultures and um, just higher knowledge, anything that you could put in the higher knowledge category, academic studies, religion, cultures, all of those things. And so there's um, a self-knowledge and a self-learning going on um, that's activated by this eclipse through higher education of some sort and, and foreign cultures and foreign travel. With Gemini's or Gemini's rising, um, this, is, um, this eclipse happens in your eighth house and this energy is all about transformation. And in the transformation in the sense of um, usually personal resources, but resources, basically they're resources that belong to other people that you're allowed to use, like you know, borrowing money from a bank, um, credit card debt. Um, all of this for Gemini's or people with Gemini rising is coming to the surface now. So if this eclipse activates any of these things, don't stick your head in the sand, start talking. You know, call these people, call the bank, call whomever and start talking and see what you can do about if 
you know, you're overly um, in debt. Uh, another way you can use this, too, is if you're in a good financial state, you know, this is a great time for borrowing money. But wait till after the Mercury retrograde. Because <laughs> when Mercury's retrograde, you don't always get all the information. Uh, so Mercury's a real pain in the butt. It really is a big pain in the butt, and it won't be out of its shadow period until February 4th. And so, oh, too late for us. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So the book's going to well, as long as you have a good editor, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. People who are cancer or with cancer rising... Um, this eclipse happens in the seventh house. So basically your, your partnerships, your relationships, all of these things are, excuse me, all of these things are highlighted right now, business partnerships, anything. So like for you, uh, Maureen, you know, you and Ron, you know, working in a partnership and really working it, not, you know, just figuring out what's balanced right. is, is most important, and this is going to come up. And even in intimate partnerships, um, your one-to-one relationships are really highlighted right now. Uh, Leo people with and or people with Leo rising, this is mainly about your daily routine is going to be shaken up a little bit. So if you're in a rut, this is going to be a good thing to get you out of that rut. Uh, health is really important and your everyday work. And I say health and work is because if we work too hard, we do get it. We get ill, and or if we're sick, we aren't able to go to work. So uh, people who are Leo or Leo rising really need to find a find a, a really good balance between. You know, healthy living, eating right, rest, exercise, and work. You cannot overdo one or the other because this eclipse, um, especially when eclipses are in um, the sixth house, is very, very strong that you can get sick if you are not taking care of yourself. It shows you your weak point. So whatever happens to be your weakest health issue, um, especially if you have Virgo rising, um, it will show up with this eclipse. Three more, Libra rising and Libra. Um, the home and family is very important because this happens in the fourth house. Oh, did I miss Virgo? Who did I miss? Leo. Virgo. I missed Virgo. Leo and Virgo. You did sorry. Leo. Oh, Leo. Did you I did Leo. Yeah. I, I I'm sorry. I Virgo. Virgo um, is the eclipse is in the fifth house. It's about um, self-expression through having fun, through creativity. Children are highlighted during this, um, during an, an eclipse like this. So, you know, playing with kids, finding your inner child, all of these things be highlighted because it probably means life has been way too serious lately for you and you have not had enough fun. Now, if funds are tight, which they happen to be, doesn't matter. Get out a freaking coloring book. <laughs> you never met, you'd be amazed at how if you pull out, if you get some crayons in a color book and you start coloring, how much that can just, you know, you can forget what's going on. Great. I'll tell my wife that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that uh, helpful help help. Good. Good, because, I mean, it really does make a difference sometimes. Just do yeah, because she is a Virgo. My husband's a Virgo. Virgo. Yeah, give him a color hard... book, will you? Yeah, that'll yeah, work. Yeah, Virgo's had a hard time the last few years with Saturn and Virgo. So yeah, really definitely. So did forget how to have fun. Not everybody, not all of them, but a lot of them did. But they really do need to learn how to have fun again. And you can do it, you know, on a budget. Even when they're having fun, they don't think they well, have fun. On a fun. budget. Yeah, they don't because they're they're analytical. Mercury's um, Mercury is is um, no, they're just pains in the asses. Yeah, well, they they're really interested in the details, so just keep giving them details, and they'll be really happy. I'm thinking of happy pills myself. Or <laughs> <laughs> you? Illegal. Did I say that? On the it might be illegal. I'm not sure. No, wait a minute. You can have it for medicinal purposes. Oh, uh, yeah. Happy pills. Yes, that's right. Take, that's true. Yeah, you could take the happy pills, Maureen, and everything would be fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we have three more. Libra, um, sun sign, or Libra rising, home and family, 
is what's most important. So um, it, it's just focused on what your family needs. They need you there. They don't, you know, it, a lot of people get that out of balance with um, they go to work too much and they work to support the family. You've got to find that quality time with family and that security with family. That's the most important thing. And emotional security is very important too. So all of these things will be coming up for people with Libra or Libra rising. Scorpio or Scorpio rising, uh, um, we get back to kind of like Mercury energy, and it's all about communication. And Scorpios can be very deep people. And so if you are, this eclipse can definitely bring out um, obsessive quality, overthinking things, or it can bring out, finally bring out if you've been overthinking things for way too long but you haven't said anything, it's going to bring that out. And if you don't allow this to come out, it will come out for you through somebody else. And this is true for everything I've already, everybody I've already said and already reported on. So it's really important that we communicate what's going on in our heads, in our minds to others because if we're not able to use the energies that come up um, with this eclipse, it will be shown to us. And it's usually not pleasant because we really need to be hit hard upside the head. With, uh, well, I, I call it with... And I volunteer, so there's no problem. <laughs> okay. All right. Last but not least is uh, Sagittarius and Sagittarius rising. And this is energy. It's all about the things that you value. So with the Capricorn eclipse and we're in the energy of what, you're, what you value is going to come up. So learning how to value yourself and really in realizing what is important to you. So if... Stuff around you needs to be sold so you can pay bills to support your family. What's important to you? You know, if you're Sagittarius or you have that rising, you're going to know that what the issue is. So what's important? What do you value more than anything? And when you realize what you value, that helps your self-esteem. And that's the key with um, the energy of this eclipse for Sagittarius. All right. So like on the 4th, is everything going to kind of feel better or what? All right. Well, right now, I mean, as soon as, as soon as this Mercury goes direct, Saturn went Saturn went retrograde today. So basically, what we have for the next three months, and actually for the first five months of the year, is very slow progression, very slow growth, very slow. It is possible. We're we're now going to be looking at how do we balance all of the partnerships in our lives. And I know I already said that with one of these eclipse um, one of these eclipse bits, but. Saturn's in Libra. Libra's about finding that balance, and that's what, our, that's what our job is for the next two and a half years, especially in the country and personally. It's like we've got to find the balance, easy, the best balance for everything that's going on. You know, and this energy, Saturn's gone retrograde in the sixth house, so our health care system is definitely uh, going to be worked on some more. So with Mercury retrograde, you're going to start feeling relief in, in less than a week. Because it wow. goes direct Friday, so you, you're, you're good there. But we have a good. lot of planets retrograde, and we always do. Again, about going inner, inward. All right, we are just about out of time. Uh, awesome Dorothy. job, Anona. But you know, I have I got one question. I mean, wasn't Mercury in retrograde last January as well? Yes. That, he's getting to be freaking annoying. I want you to know <laughs> that. And Maureen, I have an orb story for you. Ooh, good. Wait, wait. Why Maureen has your orb story? I'm you're not going to listen. Go ahead, Anona. Come on. We only have a few minutes. Go ahead, Anona. All right. Last night, my daughter called. You know, I have a new baby grandson. He's three months old. He was in his crib, and he, he's always looking off, you know, because you know they see spirits. And I told her, say, take some pictures. And she took some pictures. Right when he was looking off, and it looked like he was talking and praying, and there's orbs. <gasps> orbs right next to his crib. Oh, 
Oh, my God. That's awesome. She about came through the phone. I said, take some pictures. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. A no. grandparent looking in, maybe? No, I, I, you should bring them with you when you come to Orbs on Saturday <laughs> at the uh, Circle of Wisdom. He's trying to draw you in there. I won't be able to get the pictures until Sunday. Oh, bummer. I'll email them to you. Who can I email them to? Who can you email them to me? Any ghost project at Comcast.net. Okay. CC me, too, though. Okay. I, yeah, I got your email, Maureen. If it's, a picture, right. if it's a picture of a baby, send it to my wife, too. I don't know if you can see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking for the orbs. Oh, bummer. Oh, that's awesome. Thought, so, anyways, yeah. uh, have you seen any ghosts lately? What? Have you seen any ghosts lately? Have I? Yeah. No. <laughs> I have not. All right. I mean, it's a ghost show. We would like to talk about ghosts. <laughs> so, I figured you that would be talked about ghosts the first part, a little bit. So that's why I brought up ghosts. I just wanted well, to know if we had uh, the uh, ghost thing. I know his grandchild might have seen a ghost. Uh, probably. A ghost or a spirit guide. A spirit no? guide or guardian angel, maybe? I Cookie, think it's a guardian angel. I did, I did see um, a spirit. I think I told you this in the labor room when my huh. daughter was getting ready to deliver. I was given her Reiki because I, I do that. I was given her Reiki and it was yes, just do I. an hour before. Did I tell you this? And I and I looked over to my left and and man, it was twelve foot tall. It was huge, whatever it was. And my wow. my daughter goes, "What did you see?" And, and I saw it twice. I saw it twice. It was just in and there. I don't know. I think it's her grandfather. Actually, he watches over her a lot. I mean, we're, we're just oh, about ready. ready to, we're just about ready to go. But I do want to mention one thing. I did get an email, quite a disturbing email from a hospital that had a delivery room that was uh, there was something very very bad there. They had three deaths. Uh, on normal births, and they actually ended up not putting people in that room because of this thing that was. Well, that's a certainly not a good way of ending the show. Was that in New England? Uh, yeah. no. Okay. Well, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you, Nola. Nice talking Talk to you. Talk to you later, Nola. Thank you. Yep, have a good Bye. night. Thank you. Bye. Well, it's time to wrap it up. Good night. 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 Good night.